0: number one california here we come right back where we Itch, the show where we take an in depth, episode by episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap of the early aughts, the OC, and sometimes we take an episode within an episode or a partial episode look at every single episode. Uh, it is part two of Dear Be- Dearly Beloved, the second season finale of the OC.
1: Did I you script all that?
0: No. That is me stumbling and mumbling my way through it. That is Ryan asking if I scripted things. That is Mike, who is not scripting anything.
1: But after that intro about to take another drink of alcohol cool 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 can i cool. tell you something mike uh for the first time in 90 plus episodes i knew that when we did dearly beloved part 1 it was going to be the part 1 i actually saw it coming this time
0: how what who where
1: uh, uh history mm. and repeats itself I don't understand how they fit all of Dearly Beloved into Dearly Beloved. How the fuck were we going to?
0: I don't think they know. I think every once in a while, and they've worked together for 25 years now, I think Stephanie Savage and Josh Schwartz will both simultaneously raise their noses off a reflective coffee table covered in Coke and go, How did we do it?
1: I mean, there was a popular show at the same time of the O.C. called The West Wing. Don't know if you've heard of it. Um, You you probably don't follow politics, that's above you, so you probably haven't watched it, but Sorkin figured it out by having everyone talk at a cocaine speed. Schwartz and Savage just did cocaine and then had everyone talk normal. Why? What? Why?
0: As long as somebody involved somehow is doing cocaine.
1: (laughs) I don't know if we're going to get to this in Dearly Beloved Part 2. It might be Part 4 or 5, but I think people do do cocaine in this episode.
0: And it's not the first time. I think we've talked about it a few times. It is... But it might be the most casual instance.
1: <laughs> How it powerful. Shocking. How powerful was it when everybody was like, Kirsten, stop drinking. And she was like, fine. And then threw the <laughs> vodka bottle and just did a mound of cocaine.
0: Pull out a vodka bottle filled with cocaine. <laughs> shove that up right up her nose.
1: As the greatest song of all time once said, you take a whiskey drink, you take an empty <laughs> vodka bottle full of cocaine drink.
0: Those Canadians had something going, all 30 of them. What's, what's your favorite band with 30 members in it?
1: Oh, I uh, am always partial to Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids. Uh, I'm a big Aquabats fan, and I, from time to time, enjoy the polyphonic spree.
0: I You feel like, I, I love that you had hipstery answers to a hipster cluster of bands that like aren't included at all, but you do feel like a polyphonic spree kind of guy.
1: Uh, that is a straight-up insult. Like. Is it- yes i also like dave matthews band but if you said that i'm a dave matthews band kind of guy that's a fucking insult
0: (laughs) no that is an insult you constantly tell people to hike up their little skirts and show the world to you which is gross oh
1: man and why does it have to be every lyric of every song dave matthews (laughs) write a new line he
0: just loves it he loves the world
1: in the world of kirsten do a new line is what i would say I i think that i am very bored by live music um and so so i just need more people up there jumping around i enjoy marching bands
0: like does the triangle guy really have to?
1: (laughs) and why am i not up there doing the triangle and then i point to him and point to me like yeah and he's like yeah and then i come up and play the fucking triangle and And then he gets
0: furious he did not understand what the yeah yeah man
1: (laughs) he also had no idea that someone who has never played the triangle could come up and just automatically play the triangle wait
0: i practiced my whole life are you saying i didn't have to do that (laughs)
1: The problem is that every time you play, hundreds of cowboys come for supper, and I don't know how to feed them all.
0: Oh, that's why you got to have a beans guy on stage too. You got a Frank's guy and a beans guy.
1: You uh, and your hipster trying to get me to be a hipster. You introduced me to a band called the Silent Comedy, and it's the music's okay, but there's so many people on stage, I can't help but love them.
0: Yeah, and they all look the same. They're all a version. They look like the cowboys ready to eat the beans. That they they formed because they went to an Edward Sharp show. And shut up when the triangle guys started going. There were no beans to be had, so they formed a band. <laughs> what I
1: didn't know, though, is that it's actually not a bunch of people. It's one guy with all the mannequins and the poles attached, and they're playing all the instruments like it's that. It's
0: Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> it is him. He's practiced his whole life on that. <laughs> Ryan, we are obviously trying to not get to the main theme of tonight, which is part two of... what? If you were a betting man, how many parts does your beloved get? How many episodes of the OCD?
1: I, okay, so 6 I'm a betting man, so I want to bet with reality instead of go with my heart, which always leads to heartbreak and high, high cholesterol. I think that we are going to try to do this in this episode. That is a fool's goal, and it's probably going to be one more after this.
0: We'll see. I mean, last episode, what did we talk about? We talked about Jess showing up with a gun at Trace at 4 in the morning. Or no, the sun was out, so it's even grosser. At 6 in the morning and saying, let's make $15,000 on a drug deal tonight.
1: Actually, Mike, I had the last episode. Should we just cut to it and play it? Yeah,
0: Do you, we just, yeah previously on it, just played the whole hour-long episode.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, the most important part is that a $15,000 drug deal is going to go down. But um, Kirsten may not be able to stay out of rehab. Cal is officially dead. Buried? Yeah. Did we see the buried
0: part? Yeah, we, we didn't see buried, but we did see pallbearers after Sandy's roasting eulogy. Sandy, maybe Jimmy, and then four older dudes than Cal carried Cal's coffin away.
1: And they they did it straight. They didn't do that internet thing where like there's a bunch of dancing and faking like it's about to drop. Have you seen this?
0: Wait, I've seen it for weddings. I have not seen it for funerals.
1: You've seen people carry people in coffins at weddings?
0: Hey... Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, circle of life they say are there really flash mob funerals should no whatever no. company
1: no it's a it's a i don't know it's some culture that like uh does a lot of dancing and it looks like they're about to drop the coffin every time. I should have done more research because if you just say some culture, not only oh, yeah. are you starting off a weird kind of all star song but uh you just so, you, it just seems culture
0: wants to drop a coffin on the ground they the shop is tools in the shed oh
1: my god is that better than the hit song all-star
0: <laughs> it might be do you know what commercial i'm loving these days is for progressive and there's a halftime show in the middle of the commercial and it's just five seconds of all-star and then it goes back to the commercial
1: okay so you've watched hulu one time over the last five years because if you watch it regularly you will see that commercial every 30 seconds and i love it every time okay you do yeah
0: I love everything Progressive puts out. There's the other one where it's Flo and a new insurance salesperson, and guys keep trying to hit on them at bars, and the girl is just telling them to fuck off, and her last fuck off is telling them about insurance. I love it.
1: That's awful. What about Progressive on Ice? Progressive on Ice is the most offensive, horrible commercial.
0: Yeah, I don't like that one. It's forgettable. It's boring. But everything else, I celebrate them. It's why I switched to Progressive, and so should you. They do not sponsor this podcast.
1: Is adding on ice the easiest way to ruin any sort of art?
0: Yeah, it's the on steroids of... (laughs) idiots. We just don't want to do it. We don't want to do it, Ryan, but we have to. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back the kids are going to go to the bait shop and Marissa's worried that Trey might be there. Where are we? What the hell is going on? The dark Stars only just began to fall. Ryan, in our last episode, it ended with Sandy asking Summer to get Seth out of the house because he didn't want uh, his son to see what a shit show his mother's become.
1: Yeah, he already sees the writing on the wall that uh, Kirsten's going to have a good old fashioned. As if someone from Chino dropped in on the funeral, drunk freak out. She's
0: going to knock every caterer into that pool. <laughs> Not because she's angry, just because she's that drunk and stumbling into them. Uh, so Summer's like, hey, gang, let's get out of here. There's only one place in town to go. Let's go to the bait shop on an off night.
1: Yeah, I mean, nobody has like death cab tickets or anything, right? No. is, is can't the, go to LA this late. Is the bait shop open every single night, even if there's no like band playing?
0: I think so because tonight is not a band evening, so it must be like an all ages free for all, like where we grew up uh, right across from the high school we both went to at different years. uh, They turned the family fun center—no, what's it called? Rec center into Liquid.
1: Oh man, I remember that.
0: It was gone by the time I got there, but I heard about it and dreamed of going there oh how fun it would be and then i went and saw it. i was like this is the place people used to go and hook up
1: i'm remembering now that like i think my junior year in high school i went and made a fourteen thousand dollar drug deal it was not 15 that's insane it's oh, not impressive but i made 14 motherfucking grand that night
0: so they go to the bait shop and before they go in mercer looks to ryan and goes is is trey gonna be there and he's like, "What? Why? No, he works the day shift. Everybody's happy and fine."
1: And he's freaking out, or she's freaking out, because at the funeral, what are all of the caterers carrying? What? The they put their all of the glasses. Tray. It's trays, yes. and every time, everywhere she looks, everywhere she looks, it's not two things or four things, but how many things? Six things. It's three, which is like tray. Um. Yeah.
0: That is like Trey. We talked about a few episodes ago, like what an artistic move it was to do when Ryan was making with Marissa to flash and have it be Trey. It was almost parody. Like to have every caterer having Logan Marshall green's face, carrying all the cups and foods. That was weird.
1: It was weird. Surprised <laughs> We didn't get to it earlier. Cause it just wasn't that weird. You know, it's a little it weird. Time. Yeah.
0: It's a little weird. Uh, so when they get into the bait shop, uh, this is my favorite Seth line in months. He looks around. He's like, do I still work here? I need to find out for tax purposes.
1: And that's um, I don't have, I don't share a lot of like uh, memories of my high school with these kids, very different high school lives, but that is definitely one for me that I always had at like two or three places of like, I do not know if I work there or not.
0: very fluid. Should I not be here tonight? <laughs> Did it end on bad terms? Did that girl I banked that banged Marissa own it? We never got the full story of what was going on
1: there. And there are some jobs where, like, if you miss one shift, you're fired immediately. And there's some jobs where, like, oh, he missed his 19th shift in a row. Maybe he'll make his 20th. So who knows where, where you work? the
0: longest can't fire him. <laughs> he does train everybody else. Uh, so they get in there, and uh, nobody's playing on stage, but somebody is blasting the bravery honest mistake because they realize they paid too much money for it two episodes ago.
1: Yeah. This is the second appearance in, like, a couple of episodes, right?
0: I really do think this song costs a lot of money. And they went, fuck, we're going to get as much as we can out but of it. But
1: it's a usage thing. Like, every time you use it, you have to pay.
0: They didn't realize that then. They were too fucking high on Coke. <laughs> so Savage Schwartz. They, were,
1: they said, we paid too much money for this. We have to get our money's worth. Let's use it again. Doubled up the price. And then they had to pay it all over.
0: Doesn't that sound like Coke Feed Logic? <laughs> it actually does. Which yeah. is my next album I'm dropping. That's the name of it. Uh, so they run into Jess and Trey. Trey looks uh, at least bashful and nervous. Jess is like, why are you guys dressed so nice? And says like, "We well, we just came from my grandpa's funeral. And she says the best line in cinematic history of, well, he was probably old. Let's go. No,
1: I disagree. This is them not knowing how to write Jess. And this will pop up over and over again in this episode. But they have no idea how to do this like weird sort of like pool girl train wreck of a teenager. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to make her funny. But... I don't know. He he's was funny, probably old, right?
0: It it made Oliver look like a well written, well arced character. Jess is awful, dude.
1: <laughs> and I I do appreciate again going back to the our last podcast about that pamphlet in the desk. Uh-huh. Uh, in a bait shot, that's probably at max cap. There's probably like three hundred fifty kids there. Uh, they see Trey immediately. immediately. Like it's the first fucking person they see.
0: Well, he's sipping on soda seltzers, and everybody else is dressed up like they want to go to an underage club that night and he's dressed like he's going to do a drug deal he doesn't want to do. <laughs> but yeah, and He's said, in a human skin colored hoodie and matching shirt.
1: <laughs> you said he looks a little nervous. Let's not forget that he is strapped at this point.
0: Yeah. And he is. Even though he went to prison, it was at a, as a young age, boosting a car. This is the first time he's held a gun. He is terrified.
1: In the first scene where Jess got there at six in the morning, she pulls out a gun and Trey takes it away. And she's like, what the fuck? He's like, what the fuck? Is that the Check offiest gun in the history of Chekhov's guns.
0: Oh, yeah. It's weird how uh, they didn't do the lyrics, but underneath it, it was...
1: <laughs> Is that Chekhov's song?
0: It's the Chekhov song by Imogen <laughs> Uh So tr- the, the the drug dealers, we follow Trey and Jess up the stairs because they're all like, well, we shouldn't hang out. Uh, let's listen to the bravery and peace in separate corners. And Trey's like, they're like a half an hour late. Let's call it. This is crazy public. I know you said we should do this in public because they fucked over the last guys they dealt with. This is awful.
1: And drug deals have the same rules as college. Like if your professor's at 30 minutes late, you just leave and you don't have to do it. Actually, isn't the rule like 11 minutes?
0: Oh, and that goes down to seven. And you round that down to one. I'm just always looking to leave every situation I've ever been.
1: Oh, for sure. Yes. This is why I like, if you're one minute late, and I don't mean you in general, I mean specifically you might. Mike, I'm like, yes, we don't have to do the thing. I'm going home.
0: I call into these Zoom meetings five minutes early and then leave four minutes early because nobody else showed up. I'm fucking outy 5,000, baby.
1: I love how serious you are about Tardy this, that one minute early is one minute late. Just very <laughs> okay, life. thin margins the right there.
0: Uh, so Trey's like, we... And Jess is a weird bully, and Trey's a weird bitch, because Jess says, what, you don't want to look bad in front of Marissa Cooper? And Trey's like, oh, I guess I gotta do the drug deal now.
1: Well, Jess has that weird sort of Tourette syndrome, where if she doesn't have the words Marissa Cooper in every, like, fourth sentence, then she starts mm-hmm. to freak out.
0: Uh, and then we flash down to downstairs, uh, and Ryan, who does not know the craziness that's about to happen, he asks Seth how he's doing, and Seth gives, like, one of the most honest answers in Seth Cohen's life. He says, not good, man. I am... All over the place. And it feels like the hardest Adam Brody has ever acted. I felt that line.
1: What is he all over the place for? What are the reasons?
0: Because his granddad's dead and his mom's an alcoholic and going away. Like, and he doesn't quite realize that part yet, but like, all of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the summer uh, excursion like is mostly doing its job. But Seth has enough wherewithal to like not have it completely sweep all of his thoughts away.
0: Yeah, he's not that much of a fucking selfish asshole. He's
1: so close, though. Plus, he's so there's close. not a good
0: band on stage. It's just fucking they're spinning the same song they've heard for the last three weeks. That
1: is a good point. He notices more than anyone that how much bravery can one city play. Yeah, and if
0: Hello Goodbye was on stage, he'd be like, yeah, will you go to prom with
1: me? He, he would be lost. Like If there was a live band that had hair similar, hairdo similar to his. He, he's been a little longer, he a would, little more dangerous. He would forget about Cal and Kiki immediately.
0: Uh, So flashback to the adults, and Sandy and Jimmy are hanging out at the party, and Sandy looks at Jimmy and says, Oh man, it's so good to see you. You know, you left right before things got really crazy.
1: This is a weird moment, too, because it seems like Sandy is about to give Jimmy shit. Like, you always fucking bail when things get tough, Mm -hmm. and shit remain tough. And then at the end, Sandy's like you did so good i wish i wish i could have done that too (laughs) why didn't
0: i go with you with rebecca or rachel or some other woman (laughs) whose name started with an r
1: yeah uh jimmy jimmy sometimes has like some sort of remorse like a little bit of like it you know what it is it's not like i feel bad it's like it sucks that everyone continues to think that i'm a shitty person you know (laughs) i stole all their money and that was shitty and then i bailed and that was shitty but he doesn't seem to care that much
0: no no It's just he's just hangdog enough that you don't want to punch him. You're like, oh, well, he feels bad. I guess I'll just ask him about Phil, his satyr little mentor. (laughs) Uh, Julie, who in the previous episode we talked, took over Kirsten duty, uh, is now, she's up to her gills, can't deal with it anymore. She runs to Sandy and says, I think I need your help. And it flashed to Kirsten, and she looks like a drunk fucking clown gorilla (laughs) and is just zooming, zigzagging back and forth on the lawn. Uh, eyes half-closed, swerving, with a f- bottle of vodka in her hand.
1: I will say, I will give her this. The unicycling is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. But she can't... She can't drunk juggle for shit. Like, those balls are going everywhere. It's like me jumping around without wearing underwear. Like, she looks insane. Uh, the unicycling, very impressive. I, like, everyone can slur their words, but the key to drunk acting is the eyes. Can you like perfectly put them put the eyelids halfway down where they're not closed they're not open it doesn't look forced it's just i think my eyes are open they're just not they just won't and i don't know what to tell you
0: and ryan my secret is that's just what my eyes do naturally (laughs) you have resting drunk eyes i'm always drunk baby (laughs) i'm the drunk hulk that's my secret cap
1: oh i thought you were gonna say that people always assume that you're drunk but what you said is i'm literally always drunk
0: excuse me uh And so Sandy's like, hey, give me that. And she drops the bottle of vodka and it shatters. And she screams at him and says, are you happy now? Yeah,
1: I think we're missing the most important point. The unicycling and the juggling is very important. But this is some hardcore alcoholism. She has foregone the glass and is walking around. It's not even a brown paper bag, Mike. She is walking around drinking out of the bottle of vodka.
0: But it is like a fogged bottle, so you can tell it's Belvedere Grey that they just couldn't pay for the logo.
1: Like, let's let's look back at all of the events that we've been to, and it's not let's not count all the times that I was embarrassing. Let's talk about all the times that I was the most embarrassing. Like (laughs) everyone else paled in comparison, and that's that's still like a lot. It's it's a high number. I would still never do this. This is like you were asking for the rehab copter to come down, throw a ladder down, and take you away.
0: (laughs) That doctor is just fucking waiting up there. He's like, give me the call. Can't go until I get the call. Uh, Ryan, we need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to just, you know what? Jump right back to the bait shop. Hide and see. Trains Catch me around here. Ryan. Upstairs at the bait shop, and Jess is openly doing Coke in an all ages music venue in a public area.
1: The whole point of the all ages thing is so that kids under 21 can go see music and unfortunately be forced to drink yoo hoos, right? Like, that's how we stay open. <laughs> oh, is that where Zach we're...
0: fucking guzzles those yoo hoos?
1: Zach doesn't even care about the music, man. He just loves it. His... Uh,
0: what, well, you could buy these at 7 Eleven? I'd have to pay the cover for this.
1: It's a $50 cover. <laughs> for an $8 you and it's worth it um but yeah the uh, jess forgoes all of the uh, flasks and the whatnot to pour a little bit of coke or is it speed i think I there's i think the bag has speed and coke in it
0: so they're, they're going for two tax brackets when they're going to sell it
1: exactly yes um and it's all mixed together because you can't get busted for dealing if everything is mixed <laughs> together Uh, They say double jeopardy and they're doing coke Mike before we get to that can I ask you a question Did you notice anything weird about these drug dealers when Ryan first noticed them Did Ryan notice anything weird about these drug dealers?
0: I mean, it's very warm and they're all wearing hoodies.
1: They are wearing hoodies. Yes They are dressed not for the occasion. Anything else? No, you sure outside of outside of dr. Kim I believe that who's the principal of Seth and Ryan's high school. I believe that this is our first dabbling in what the OC would like to call Asian culture.
0: This is representation.
1: This is what they think it is. Um, Yeah. This is a group of Asian gangsters. And that's the easy thing to do in movies and TV is if one gang is different than the other, then just make them a different race or culture.
0: And that's why they should have gone the Schumacher out. They should have weird fucking rollerblades on and be one brightly neon color because then at least you're not being culturally insensitive.
1: Look, sure. It's hard to get around the bait shop in ice skates, but now we know who is in the gang and who is not.
0: Yeah, for sure. They are crystal blue and they're skating everywhere despite the lack of ice.
1: The reason I bring this up, though, is because when push comes to shove, they explain where they're from. And it's, oh, yeah. a, it, it, it's a different Orange County city that... Uh, sort of makes them Asian. Like, if we were born somewhere else, uh, we would look different. But because we were born in a place called Garden Grove, that makes us Asian, and things work differently in Garden Grove.
0: Oh, and yeah. So, a few times we hear Garden Grove, and in the world, they just hear, like, where's that? Where's that? Is it, like, Corona? Is it bad? Is it, like, Long Beach? Is it scary? Uh, it's just a fine, normal suburban town. Uh, so, Jess does the Coke openly and says, have a taste, and then we're good. Uh, they... Do the coke, grab the coke, grab their own money, and say we're rego- we're we are renegotiating Garden Grove style.
1: Oh my God! What proceeds here is one of the craziest, lamest back and forths I have ever had versus the king of the Garden Grove drug trade and <laughs> Jess, the pool girl. I uh, I cannot believe what I am witnessing here in the on the occasion of Caleb Nichols' death.
0: <laughs> so they start to bail. Uh, Jess grabs the gun out of Trey's pants, flicking him in the dick on the way out, and starts shooting right above them. It doesn't feel like... She is shooting the way, like, the Civil War soldiers shot, which is, that might be my brother. I'm not gonna aim at them. I'm aiming up a little.
1: After she says, why don't you guys go get in your rice rocket, which, first of all, you get on... Wait, did she say that? I did not catch that. She did say that. First of all, you get Uh, on a motorcycle, not into a motorcycle, unless it's all sidecars, no main bike. Uh, (laughs) Everyone's like, how are we getting away? And I guess we should be... Like we should be proud of Jess that if if this was real life she would be way more racist than this and this is the only dabble that we get but uh, for her just to say this because oh you look different than most of the other drug dealing gangs from other cities that I deal with oh Jess everyone
0: I've also just thought of the deal because they're making fifteen grand which means Jess walked in with fifteen grand worth of speed coke <laughs> like where did she get it from
1: but they only came in with ten and so they had to renegotiate. Garden Grove style. Which do, you think, it all. do you think? Do you think the show New Girl would have been better instead of Jess Day? <laughs> it was Jess Statler and Nick. I and think it would have
0: ended the same way. But yeah, I would love to watch Nick and Schmidt have to deal with her fucking shenanigans, her sublime love and bullshit all of the time.
1: So uh, one scene per episode would be like, why did we save her from that pool? That was so <laughs> dumb.
0: So, uh, she shoots above them, and then her and Trey leave, and the the main Garden Grove gangster, he just shoots across the entire super-packed venue at them as they're running out the door.
1: I will give him credit. Before he shot at a uh, crazy mob of running people, he sort of closed one eye. You could tell that he was <laughs> aiming his tiny little pistol from 100 feet away.
0: I'm a sniper with a pistol. Uh, so, of course, after that happens, we are going to stay with these characters. Nope. We're going to flash to Haley and Sandy having a conversation. And Haley looks at Sandy uh, and she's like, how long has this been going on? And Sandy's just like, "Uh, it's too long and it's got to stop. She's going to get help whether she wants it or not. And everyone's like, oh shit, what's Haley going to do? You're controlling her again, Sandy. You're living in this big daddy's money mansion. No, no, no. Haley's grown up in Tokyo. She just says, how can I help?
1: Which is crazy. I mean, one, I uh, you know Haley is grown up too. I don't want to help. Like this sucks. It's going to be confrontation and responsibility, and I do not want to do this. The weird thing uh, in that scene is that Haley's watching a movie, and it's a Joan Crawford movie. Who is Joan Crawford? Is a you know definitely a woman of a certain type, just like a crazy life that she has had uh and then the movie that she's watching is called this woman is dangerous and i thought that was a like sort of nod to Haley, but no it's all dangerous but it is clearly kirsten and it's like Hmm. sort of everywhere that Haley looks it's motivating her to be like no something has to happen now this is not sandy just being like i need a soapbox uh something needs to change
0: well once you see that fucking Zigzag track and field that Kirsten was doing. You can't be like that was just because of today, right? Like you could tell, <laughs> like that was her fifth bottle of fog glass vodka that day.
1: Oh, every single character in this episode has their moment of saying Kirsten is different. Everybody says she enjoys a glass of wine, right? Which is how you describe someone who will be an alcoholic one day, but right. isn't right now. She enjoys her, her glass of wine, niece, <laughs> right? Or two, but something is very different about her, and it's because, like, the reason for the season is different. It used to just be to, like, uh, wind down, and now it's the crutch, it's the drug, it's wind down, hello.
0: And then we cut back, uh, Ryan tracks Trey down, and he's just like, what the fuck was all of that? And Trey, uh, like a not coward, he's just like, I was just trying to help Jess out, and things got a little out of control after a mass shooting at an underage club.
1: And then classic Trey. If there was an award called Trey's Got a Trey, it would always be this. 30 seconds of conversation and light, light apology, and then screaming, I screwed up. What do you want?
0: (laughs) What do you want after fucking bullets flew? Uh, So Ryan tries to evict Trey from Newport. He says, you're done. You have 12 hours to leave the city. I don't know what's going to happen, but that's what you get. And Trey says, you know, I guess it's just because I got Dad's bad luck. I
1: know, man. <laughs> God, so many good Trey excuses.
0: Like, I'm sorry I'm a Gemini, but that's just going to happen when I'm around.
1: Look, you got Mom's blue eyes. I got Dad's ability to roll his tongue. You got Mom's webbed feet. I got Dad's bad luck. Isn't that enough of an excuse for me to just Trey <laughs> out whenever I want?
0: Trey's got a tray, bro.
1: Trey's got, got a tray, a tra- But... I think the most interesting part about the scene is that we have now, and this has probably been the case for a while. We have surpassed older brother, younger brother, and we're now into adult child. And Ryan has just like, when it comes to Trey, he has become the adult and Trey goes to be like, fuck you. I decide when I leave. But he really just does understand that like, Oh, I am the the lesser then, you know, I, yeah. I am going to do what you tell me for I some reason. I guess I should get the fuck out of Newport. And yeah, for the rest of the episode, like, we believe it. Like He is actually packing, and he's going he's to leave.
0: for 12 hours straight. <laughs> Even though he has a one-bedroom studio, he's just doing nothing but packing every well, time we see him. He had to
1: leave for a suit job, and a big part of that.
0: Ryan, coming up next is the outro. I'm sorry to say, we do not have time to talk about it. Are you fucking it's... kidding me? Yeah, that is the end of part two of Dearly Beloved. Dearly Beloved. Daily beloved, so next week we will talk about the rekindling of Jimmy and Julie. We will talk about Kirsten's intervention, and we will talk about everybody mm, what you're saying at each other in Trey's apartment. But until then, can you please tell everybody about a website?
1: Yes, please make sure that you go to yourpotfilter.com. dot com. That hosts all of our podcasts, all of our articles. I think all of the pictures that we draw. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. The pictures that we color, somebody else draws them, but we stay within the lines yourpotfilter.com. Throw a slash on there and then an Amazon. Uh, wait till we like that company again. And if you buy, if you bookmark that as your Amazon bookmark and buy from there, we get a little chunky change and we appreciate that. Uh, go Sweet to nice. patreon.com slash yourpotfilter. And if you pick a tier there, um, that is probably the best, easiest, quickest way to support us. It lets us know that you are... You love us. You, yeah, you're thankful for what we do and you don't want us to stop. If you do don't do that, it means that you do want us to stop. Yes. And that's fucked up.
0: And I hate to say it, there's a lot more of you that want us to stop than don't want us to stop. <laughs> and we'd like that to change. Like
1: 7 billion people.
0: <laughs> that's hurtful. All 7 billion of you are being very hurtful. Uh, if you want to hear more of us, but with other voices, you should go subscribe, rate, and review the Superhero Show Show, where Cassie leads Ryan and I through every single live action comic book based show. Every single live action week. And then there's Movie of the Year where Greg makes Ryan and I fight for his own affections like a fucking weird tyrant while we're talking about movies.
1: And then get ready for our new podcast. I don't know if you heard the backdoor pilot in the last episode, but it is called John Lithgow, John Lithgow, Mike and Me, where four of us, me, Mike, Mike's impression of John Lithgow, and my impression of John Lithgow, all sit down and discuss the news of the day.
0: It's a scripted show. uh you can follow us at your pop filter on twitter and instagram hit us up there in whatever way you'd like give us your best john lithgow impression on those <laughs> ryan how else could they contact us
1: i'm sorry did you just do social media yes did you, you just told them to tweet john lithgow lines <laughs> in yes. their impression
0: what's your favorite john lithgow line tweet us or instagram us
1: all right uh The best way to actually do that is record yourself doing John Lithgow and then send it in an email. That's contact at yourpotfilter.com. If you record a 10-minute John Lithgow impression, having him react to all the things that Mike and I say on the OCD, we will just lay that down on the show and it would be perfect.
0: (laughs) Just guess what we'll say and put it in there. Uh, That is it thank you so much that is dearly beloved part two tune in next week for hopefully when we finish boc season two until then stinking dads and get me those great entertainings mm, what you say what you say oh that you only meant well well cause you did mm, what you say mm, that it's all for the because it is what you say mm-hmm. That is just what we need You decided this What you say mm-hmm. What did you say
1: California